Oh, this is going to be a good one. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Oh, am I excited this week about three great questions in a new segment we like to call Financial Current Events. Here's how it works. It's about money and the events of which we speak. Our current joining me this week is Damian Dunn, lead financial concierge for your money line, and he actually now has a different title that I never remember. Is that bad as your boss to not know your title? I feel like that is insensitive. As long as you remember how to sign your name <laughs> on my paychecks, I don't care. Welcome back, Damian Dunn in the studio. Um, what a pleasure for nice, you. Nice to be here. Um, all right. So <clears throat> first, oh, here's the questions we have this week, everybody. If you want to email us, here's what we do. We're basically like the Michael Cohen of the Trump organization as it relates to your financial life. Is that a good uh, analogy? No. Okay. Uh, if you want to email us, we will fix whatever you have going on financially. That was the, that's where I was going with fix. Yeah. Okay. For your fixers. Uh, email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. Askpete at petetheplanner.com. Can I tell you the process of how we answer your questions? Not only do Damien and I go look at these, we send them to our entire team of financial experts, Gail and Kristen and Jamie. And we have this big discussion about your life. This is true, by the way. Very true. It is true. We have a discuss. <laughs> you email us. We talk. There's almost six people, I think, talking about your life. Here's this week's question. The first one. Susan asks, Pete, my husband and I are in our 70s. You know, I don't know if I believe Susan because she didn't type this in all caps. Oh, wow. Therefore, we've been debt-free for a number of years. About three years ago, we applied for a credit card at two different sto stores. Both were denied. The letter of explanation was the lack of credit history. The bank advised us to establish a new line of credit. We bought a car with very low payments, and frankly, the payments are becoming tedious. We're considering just paying the load off. What is your advice on the payoff, and how long does it take to establish credit the second time around? Susan, man, Damien, you've known me long enough. You know what I think about this. Uh, what, what, you, what jumps out to you, though? Uh, first, I, I want to congratulate Susan for being debt-free and for being debt-free for a number of years because even though you're in your 70s, I'm sure as a number of people that are listening know, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be debt-free at that stage in your life. Yeah, she says, my husband and I are in our 70s, therefore we've been debt-free for a number of years. That, that is lovely that, that that is Susan's reality, but what we have come to find out in an increasing fashion, that's not the rest of the world's reality. You see people with, with consumer debt deep into their 70s. Yeah, it's not uncommon at all, and it's something that is growing as well. I just spoke to somebody within the last month for sure, they were con contemplating retirement, but how they were going to continue to pay on their their uh, daughter's student loans. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to a piece that you will be seeing in an upcoming publication soon uh, that goes further to the idea of you can either have a bunch of money or you cannot need a bunch of money. And when you don't carry debt, then you don't need a bunch of money to then make the payments on the debt. So, so first of all, Susan, great job. Second of all, we do need to acknowledge, Damien, the frustration that can come with not having access to capital, especially, let's say, Susan and her husband's situation were to, were, were to shift. They became in need of additional capital. They're very healthy financially, other than they need a little bit of capital, but they have no credit. That's frustrating, and Susan, we definitely understand that. 
Yeah, it brings up the great question of, you know, you've been debt-free for a number of years, you're retired. Why are you looking at getting a credit card? Okay, I, I, right. I, that was my initial thought, but I've softened. Okay. Okay. wonder if you're going to take my position. wonder if we're going to flip on this. We'll see. Okay. So here's my thought. Totally agree with you. Like, I, I'm like, once I pass 50, my mortgage is paid off. I don't want to ever borrow money again. Like, I literally don't care what my credit scores. But what if, Damien, there's a situation in which, you know, uh, based on how they take their required distributions or how they choose to take a pension payout or waited for Social Security, they just had a period of time in which they just needed to float a few thousand dollars and using a credit card was the right way to do it. I'm trying to be really understanding but the rest of me is going, why do you need a credit card? You're in 70. It'd just be nice to have that little extra bit of information. I mean, it's it's not just a general credit card either. They, it says that they went to two different stores. Okay, what do you think that they like? They went to Sears or something because uh, they went to Sears and it was out of business. So then they went to JCPenney's. It was also out of business. So then they, they went to Victoria's Secret and it had just closed. So they went to Gap. Mm. Susan went to the Gap and there was a sale. And she wanted to take advantage of the sale. Or they went to Lowe's and they wanted to finance like an appliance set. So that's why they tried it. So then they went to Home Depot because they got declined there. I bet that's the scenario. My bet was Lowe's and Home Depot. You think so? I think so. Because they sort of are hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe they were just trying to be cute or smart by getting a discount. And that's why they got they applied for two different store credit cards. Because yeah. otherwise, why would two 70-year-olds apply for store credit cards? You know? Yeah. I'd, I'd, Is the hard candy store offer uh, store credit now? Only the really good ones. <laughs> yeah. That uh, seems unfair. Uh, so anyway, I, I guess I, I don't know how to answer this question other than to answer it in the way she wants it answered is the best way to establish credit, it takes 12 months, is to do a um, a secured credit secured card. card. Yeah, yeah to, to, to basically deposit $500, $1,000 to secure a credit line. Make purchases, which then creates a, a, a debit which in the, within the account. Then you repay the line um, and, until you get it back up whole to that 500 to $1,000. And do that every month for 12 months, and you've established some credit. But I, I think it's unnecessary if she has any assets or any regular income stream. Yeah, this, the secured card would be a nice pairing with the car loan that they've had, too, for a little while, given two different types of debt that they've had to add to that small little layer of your credit score. I do hate that the bank advised them to establish a new credit line. Well, we just did, too, but then they chose to go buy a car with very low payments. That seems like a pretty high-stakes way to solve a problem that doesn't necessarily exist. Yeah, but if if you can't get a credit card, where what else are you going to do if you didn't know about the secured card? How much do you think of this is the uncomfortable feeling of not being able to secure credit when you felt otherwise financially secure? And then that that made you go, "Oh my gosh. What if we need to borrow money sometime? We better be able to do it." We could. I I'm, I'm thinking if you couldn't get it just reading through this again for however many times this has been. <laughs> It just stu- uh, stuck out to me. If they couldn't get approved for a credit card, but they got approved for a car loan, what do you think the interest rate was on that car loan? Oh, man. I mean, you're talking some 20% rates. I would think. Okay, so pay off the car loan. Yeah. <laughs> pay off the car loan right now. That's an excellent point. I didn't read that earlier. 
This is why we have like six people talk about it. As our, our good friend uh, Kristen noted in, in our, our group discussion, there's definitely perks or a discount or something going on mm-hmm. when they, they originally got themselves in this conundrum. Um, yeah, that's a great point, dude. If they establish credit by getting a car loan, then they got a terrible rate on the car loan. Susan, pay off the load. That's what she yeah. asked. And, and they bought it three years ago. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine how much interest they've just paid. Yeah, but they should have a, a nice little start on credit score by this point. Yeah, absolutely. You go to annualcreditreport.com. You're going to get a an indication of how your credit is. Annualcreditreport.com. It is free. Don't sign up for any paid services. Just go to annualcreditreport.com. Damien, that is really interesting. Because what they ended up doing is they ended up... Um, creating a large amounts of interest just so hypothetically they could have gotten a discount on a cash purchase they otherwise could have afforded. They paid to get their discount. I feel like maybe my original stance on all of this is, is right. My gut reaction is like, why are you doing this? Welcome back to my side. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't like you. <laughs> I don't care for you at all. All right, coming up after the break, um, a retirement question, a Social Security question uh, about uh, spousal benefit and stopping that. and then t- yeah, anyway, That's what we're doing. If you want to email us, email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. We will argue about your question. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is my show. The Pete the Planner Show, answering your money questions. Here's how the our relationship works. I mean, there's there's two possibilities. One, we know each other, and if that were the case, you wouldn't be listening. Now, number two, uh, you email me ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com, and uh, we answer your question. Damian Dunn, the director of personal financial strategies at Your Money Line, powered by Pete the Planner, joins me. Still here. Did I get your title right? You got it. Whew. It's so wordy, but I think I helped come up with it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you had a direct hand in that. Hi, Pete. My younger son graduated from high school in 2017. How old does that make the kid? Like 20? 19, 20? And all was set, or so I thought, to attend college that fall. On our way back from orientation that summer, he announced that college just wasn't for him right now and that he wanted to take a gap year. After explaining to him that he was not Malia Obama, that's really funny. Yeah, I thought it was very quality. Uh, by the way, I, I happen to think Malia Obama is a, a lovely young lady. Uh, you know, the people were giving her trouble for like drinking wine. She's 20, drinking wine or something like that. Uh, she's just a classier 20 year old than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking natural light down in Hanover College. Warm, probably. It was not the coldest. Yeah. It's it's like when you're when you're broke college kid, refrigeration's not the first thing in your mind. Optional. Totally is. And it's like when the ones you have a miniature fridge, when the when the cold ones run out, then you're just grabbing the ones next to it. Yeah. Doesn't say anyway. Um, so one August evening, he boarded a Greyhound bus and headed to New York City. By the way, he paid for and made all of the arrangements. I love this email. It's really <laughs> funny. Within two weeks, he secured an internship unpaid at a restaurant. And wait a second, this what is an unpaid internship at a restaurant? I think it's like indentured servitude. It's, yeah, 
I've never heard of an unpaid internship at a restaurant in a hip section of Brooklyn. Within a couple of months, he was hired on full-time. Wait, he went from unpaid intern to full-time worker? That's what she says. Talented kid. And has been there ever since. He is well-liked by his co-workers, if he's as good a writer as his mother. Uh, and according to the owner and hands-on manager of this small restaurant, really has a knack for the business. Do you wonder if this is the parent of a millennial that she's called the boss and asked if he has a knack? Or is this passed through secondhand knowledge? Where, where else is she going to get it? I don't think she's talked to the owner. Unless she's been in there to eat. Well, and then be. the owner came out and said, hey, your son's doing a good job. That's, that's, that's definitely, yeah. yeah. A few weeks ago, he asked for some advice about investing the $7,500 that he's saved. Keep in mind that he's living and working in New York City, so after not even two years, he has saved this much. I don't know if I have the authority to give awards on my show, but I think we should. I think right now, we should give this young man an award. That's incredible. I want to know what he's doing. I want to go eat there. <laughs> well... But, but listen to this. Listen to this, man. He moved to New York City after making the decision that he wanted a, a gap year, at least. This gap year seems like it's definitely extended. And has been able to survive and save $7,500. Do you know how easy it is to blow money in New York City? Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Walk into a Dwayne Reed. <laughs> they don't have CVSs. Walk into a Dwayne Reed. You buy some chapstick, and it's like a $30 chapstick. And you're buying... Nice watches off kind, Canal Street. Kind, kind people that are just offering them to you off the street. Bootleg VHS tapes sure. and then bootleg VHS players. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she wants to know, what advice would Pete the Planner give to a 19-year-old? There he is. $7,500 to invest. Where should he go? To whom should he talk? This, this mom's a good writer. I have some suggestions, but I want him to handle this on his own and feel like he's in charge. I just... Need help pointing him in the right direction. Thanks, Pete the Planner. Let's give him an award. Uh, what do you want to call the award? Uh, Good call. Uh, I say something, something like hustle. Yeah. All right. This guy gets the hustler. Or he gets scrapper. the hustler award. Uh, no, no. Scrapper, maybe. Yeah. He's he. You know, we, we could read about him in a magazine someday. A hustler. That'd be interesting. Yeah. There's articles. It's for the articles. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this guy, here's what he should do. First of all, 7500 bucks. it's got to start with an emergency fund, right? Yeah, I definitely, especially in a, a spot like New York. You know, I, I think no matter someone's age, when they finally rub two nickels together and they, they start to accumulate savings, there's this feeling of abundance that distracts you from the fact that, great job. However, you really should just sit on that because that is your emergency fund. That's tough to, to, to get through people's heads. So... Can I tell you how I, how I envision him pulling this all off? Nope. Let's move on. Okay. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I think he's uh, sleeping on somebody's floor that he knows in New York City, uh, in their apartment. An I, unpaid I, internship in their bed. Maybe just their floor. Okay. Um, well, yeah, that sounded much worse than I intended. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Yeah. So, um, so he's he's his living expenses are super cheap. Okay. And he's at the restaurant all. Day long, so he doesn't have any time to spend the money that he's making. This is like uh, Anthony Bourdain's book, Kitchen Confidential. Do you ever read that? No. Do you like uh, food books? That's Maybe. a weird question. <laughs> I've never asked a weirder <laughs> question than that. 
<laughs> hey, uh, Dame, do you like food books? Uh, do you, are you talking like cookbooks? <laughs> no, is that, is that no, what you're going for? books about food. No, um, I'd rather eat food than read about it. Oh, it's a great book. Huh. <laughs> uh, I'm a professional. I'm sorry, continue. So he's just, he's hustling. He's working all the time. He's not paying anywhere to sleep. And he's got 7,500 bucks. So, you know, not that we want to turn this into work-life balance, but you would have to be a little bit concerned about work-life balance there, right? Yeah. I, there's, a, there's a time for work-life balance. It's probably it, not when you're 19. If you're 19 and trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life and you just told your, told your mom that you, you are... you host the show? I, I kind of am. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but but, but uh, he's taking a... A gap year, which I think is you and I both uh, recognize that it's it's stretching into longer than that. And you know what? It's like a dog gap year. It's it's a dog gap year, but that's okay. I if, if he was he was cognizant enough to know that college may not be for him, and he didn't go through that first year and incur debt and walk away after that first year with nothing to show other than that bill. Yeah. So he's already ahead of the game. Yeah, Don Brown, who is a locally based uh, entrepreneur, has sold numerous companies for hundreds of millions of dollars. Years ago, I had him on the radio show, and he said, when you're in your 20s, there is no such thing as risk. doesn't exist. And I think to the same point, when you are grinding to figure out what you want to do with your career at 19, there is no work-life balance because it doesn't matter. He doesn't have kids. No, he's got... Virtually no responsibility that we know of. And so you might as well. I mean, if he thinks this is where his passion lies and where his future is, go after it. By the way, let's say he was 19 and he, and he joined the armed services, armed forces. What are these armed services? Am I saying that right? Why does it, that it sound works. weird? I don't know. The military. There's no work-life balance there. No. You're barely sleeping. You're out there you're protecting our nation. Thank you. Like, what's it? What's There's no difference there. So, yeah, Grind, yeah. I I think this. I, man, I I think he's he's got it going on. I, I like it. A okay, lot. so how do you keep it going on? You probably don't invest the seventy five hundred bucks. Not right now. No. I, I I think you find that floor of, of what's that minimum. What do you, you think need? it is? Ten. I mean, that's not like we're really nineteen year old with ten grand in New York City. You know what you call that person? The only person in New York City who's nineteen with ten grand. Ten grand gives him a ton of flexibility. Going forward, if, yeah. if something happens at this restaurant and he needs to hustle and find something else, he's got he's got time to do that. He he can figure out where he wants to go, without feeling like he's against the wall. All right, so we're giving the fuddy duddy answer. We both are. Get to about ten, and then you can start investing. You could do low cost investing through like a Betterment.com, through Vanguard, Stash. We've talked about before, uh, just recently. So. Yeah, I mean, especially out of New York, they're they're all based there. All the the, the robo advisor tech companies, uh, great job, incredible. Yeah. Coming up after the break, we're gonna hit the biggest waste of money of week, and guess what it is? It's me. I <laughs> I have the biggest waste of money of the week. You will hear all about that next in some current events. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is my show.
Damien, it's a little bit of a story, and this is a very personal story that I want to share with you. I want you to picture me getting into my car on uh, Wednesday morning. Okay. I was wearing that vest. I was wearing actually today that uh, blue vest. And it's got a zip pocket on the side, like most little vests have, like a little pocket with a little zip zip. And attached to the zipper is a little toggle, if you will, like a piece of fabric that's got a little nub on the end. So you don't have to pull on the metal zipper. You pull on the toggle, and it zips your your, your vest. Okay. Are we good so far? I got it. So I get in my car. I sit down, and I go to put on my seatbelt. And because God hates me, the toggle lines up exactly over the cover of the slit in my seatbelt buckle. So when I push the seatbelt receptacle into the, the thing, mm-hmm. the, the toggle goes into the mechanism of the device. <laughs> At this point, I am stuck in my seatbelt. It won't come out. And like, it won't come out. And so I have to shimmy out, out the bottom. And I go to my garage and I get a screwdriver and I try to open it up to get it unstuck because it is stuck. And it's stuck. So I have to call my mechanic. And I say, mechanic, man. And he said, well, why do you call me that? And I said, can you do seatbelts? He's like, man, I'm sorry. You're going to have to take it to the dealership. We don't do seatbelts. So Damon, Damon, <laughs> Damon, why do I keep calling you Damon today? I have a 2008 Lexus, okay? This makes it sound like I'm fancy. Ooh. It's not. No, stop. It's a 2008. I never take it to the dealership. It's a lot of money. So I take it to the dealership. To fix the seatbelt on a 140,000-mile 2008 Lexus is $982. You could buy a new Lexus for that. No, you could buy an entire seatbelt manufacturing firm, $982. But I had no choice because it's a safety thing. And then, to make matters worse, they give me a loaner car because they have to order the part. So what is the loaner car? It's the 12-year newer version of my car. So as I'm driving away in what now feels like I'm on a magic carpet, I'm angry because I'm paying $982 for a seatbelt replacement, and then the car I'm currently in is probably what I would much rather be driving, and it just has been needling at me, but I will never buy that car, at least for another five years, I won't coincidence that they sent you away in that new car there's no such thing as coincidence damien my favorite story of the week financially that's my least favorite story my favorite story of the week is the retiree in texas who has come to a decision his name is terry robeson we'll go with 64 and he thought about going to a retirement home a retirement community to live in but then he started doing the math he noticed that there was a holiday inn just down the street holiday express and he thinks that because of his senior citizen discount, instead of paying $188 per day at a nursing home or a retirement community, he would only have to pay $59.23 per day by staying at the Holiday Inn, which then leaves $128.77 a day for lunch and dinner at any restaurant he wants to go to, room services free, laundry, uh, He's got uh, TV movies that are available. And so, like, this is the thing. This is this guy in Texas that plans on just permanent room at the Holiday Inn. I, I think Holiday Inn could 
play off their marketing campaign saying, I, I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night because he's a genius about figuring this out. In addition, he said he can take the shuttle bus to the airport if he ever wants yeah. to go on a trip. Uh, he's got a workout facility, a pool. He's got no maintenance issues. If, if his, he wants his sheets changed every day, he's killing the environment, but every day. Batteries in the remotes, uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, well, you're saying he's going to steal the batteries in the remotes? No, if they, oh, if replace. they die, I mean, you don't think all the little ancillary costs that you wouldn't have to pay. I was at a hotel recently, and there's a really cool lamp, and I wanted to pick up the lamp to see where it was from on the bottom because it did, did not look like a commercial lamp, like, oh, there's one in every room. There probably was. I went to pick it up to see what it was, and it was bolted to the desk, and then that's when I realized that if there was a camera in the room, which would be creepy and a violation of... Yeah. privacy, they would think I was trying to steal the lamp. When in fact, I was just not trying to steal the lamp. I was trying to see what it was from. Just trying to find out where they got their good taste. Intercontinental Hotels Group, which is Holiday's Inn, uh, it's a subsidiary. Uh, Holiday Inn is a subsidiary of the Intercontinental Hotels Group, uh, has no comment on this. But I can assure you this, my friend Damien, they are absolutely going to outlaw that practice. Yeah, it would seem like it. I don't know how, but they're going to. Big news out of Greencastle, Indiana this week. DePaul, with a W, University. Here's how, here's how to think of it. DePaul, their mascot's the Tigers. So you just think of, it's a, oh, look at the Tigers. Look at DePaul. And that's how you think of it. Okay. I don't like that look you're giving me. No. They plan to eliminate 56 full-time admin positions and 17 part-time jobs, part of a restructuring at the private university, uh, Damien, I was having lunch with our, a good friend of the show, and he was telling me about in higher ed, there's this huge concern for the year 2025, and it's called the enrollment cliff. Basically, what it was during the recession of 2008, 2007, 2008, um, people are having fewer kids, mm -hmm. right? Fewer kids. So that means that there are going to be between 15 to 20% uh, a 15 to 20% reduction in enrollment in the year 2025 in higher ed because of that. And colleges are panicking now. And I think this is the first shot. This news story was dated February 26th of 2019. I think DePaul is saying, we're going to be in trouble. We are going to be in big trouble. We have a big endowment. I mean, their endowment $731 million. But... They sense it coming. I think this is going to be a huge, huge trend that private universities and public universities begin to cut costs starting now because in 2025, if they don't, they're going out of business. A big part of the increase in cost in, in education has come at, uh, because of the increase in uh, admin jobs at, at these universities. They just uh, You can't add too many instructors because that's going to be dictated by the students that you have. But man, you can hire administrators and administrative staff like like nobody's business, and so they just load it up on it. Yeah, you know, we always get the question, especially when it comes to financial planning. Or when we were financial planners, we used to get this question, but we still get it as people in the industry of college costs have got to come down, right? Um, they can't keep going up forever. You know, it could be argued that this might reset costs. Yeah, I, I th this could be uh, something that starts things going in that direction. I, I think so. I think there's a couple things that w could happen in conjunction with that that are topics for a much longer conversation. Um, 
but if this is what starts uh, stemming the tide of those increases that we see, that seems like those annual five to six percent increases, if you're going somewhere other than Purdue University and West Lafayette, who's managed to, to hold okay. hold the line there. I'm glad you bring that up because I was about to bring that up. And with the 90 seconds we have left, I think it's important we point out something about that. And I would love to have the president of the University of Mitch Daniels on the show. But after the comments I'm about to make, I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, here's the thing, though, that the keeping freezing tuition, there's a price to that. And the price is there's not being sort of the raises that the faculty mm-hmm. and staff want. Their, um, their benefits are getting trimmed. Um, there was a huge um, health insurance carve-out debacle a couple years ago in regards to that. So from what I hear, boots on the ground, morale continues to stu- suffer within faculty and staff every time they announce a tuition freeze because that means those people's lifestyles frozen despite the flag- fact that there is a small amount of inflation within our economy. And so... Look, there's a downside. You get disengaged faculty and staff, even though the students are paying the same amount. It's scary. Yeah, I, maybe they trim administration. Maybe. Yeah, and look, by the way, it's not like I'm saying schools aren't fat and they can't you know, trim that administration. Maybe that's the, the way to go. But I think announcing a tuition freeze and saying, hey, we're cutting 150 administrators, I don't know how that would be received. Yeah, Probably right. poorly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like employment for employment's sake. Like I, I want people to, to have efficiency within their jobs. Damien, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having Next me. time you're here, I'll probably call you Damon 10 more times. Okay. Um, sending good vibes because good vibes are on the budget. It's in the budget. I can't talk today. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm Pete the Planner. We had a pretty good time.